0: We won't give in, we're number one We'll hold the line, we won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast, we'll drive like rain We won't be beat, we won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm and we're number one
1: We are the storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 14. As always, a quick shout out and thank you uh, to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing uh, to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobbs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the podcast. We are the storm from Melbourne,
0: town will blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one.
1: Okay, round 10 review. It's, uh, it's a game we'd probably like to have over again, uh, considering only five weeks ago we came away victors over the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, there was no pulling a, a rabbit out of the hat in this magic round. A disappointing loss in ensured against the high-flying Rabbitohs who were hot to trot dominated right from the outset, right from kick-off. South Sydney won the ruck and the middle with ease, manhandling the Storm's middle forwards. Even Big Nass couldn't wrestle back momentum this time around like he did against the Warriors. The game was not too dissimilar to the showing against the Seagulls at Four Points Park several weeks ago. The Rabbitohs limited the go-forward of the Storm, which set them up for victory. Uh, It took time and space away from the Storm's creative players. It cancelled out Harry Grant, who really didn't get going, Munster and Hughes, who had next to no room to move, when had the ball in hand. Uh, and when the Storm did get in good ball, they did very, very uh, little with it, hardly asking any questions to the Rabbitohs' defence. Uh, the attack was clunky and disconnected. The timing and coordination of the side's shape looked completely off. There were times when they went to shift on the left and right edges and there was players overrunning passes, not deep enough, um... The, the occasions of where Meany was basically overrunning the overrunning the play, uh, it, it's it, it looked like they had done any training at all over the, over the period uh, leading up to Magic Ground, which was uh, rather concerning. Uh, whilst completion rates were high, um, and across all the metrics, they were ticking all the boxes from a from a positive perspective, um, even field position. They just didn't. They just didn't get going at all. Um, and then the, when the, the Rabbitohs had the ascendancy of the, of the ruck, they they really made the storm punish. I suppose one positive that I could probably take out of the disappointing loss is that you go into half time at twelve six, um, not having done much with the ball, and to come out and four virtually straight errors handed handed the Rabbitohs the game. The game was lost straight. In my opinion, when there was an unforced pass by Trent Liero on the left edge, which virtually put uh, Xavier Coates under all sorts of pressure, the game sort of shifted on on its head there, and it just gave the Rabbitohs momentum, um, and that's that's all you need in in this game in 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 the way the game is played now with a quicker ruck it's so important to dominate and and capitalize and make and make your opportunities count and they certainly did that i suppose one of the one of the positives to take away is that the Rabbitohs did score three of their tries so virtually 18 points with Mitchell kicking all the, those three goals um they kicked that they they virtually scored 18 points through kicks which from a defensive perspective, if you're going to concede points, you want you want to ensure that they're not going through you; they're going around you, or they're they're scoring tries off opportunistic kicks, and that's what they were. There was a freakish one by Latrell Mitchell with um, Ellie Katoa shooting off the line and just left a gap, and Mitchell too too smart, too clever, too quick. Uh, puts a nice little grubber for Cody Walker that went straight through. That was that was a glaring obvious one, and um, yeah, it's. I mean, if you if if you're conceding tries off kicks, well, it's not all doom and gloom from a defensive perspective. It probably accentuates the the scoreline and the result, but um, defensively, the Storm defended well in patches, albeit not 80 minutes. Of course, uh, if they did, the game would have been a lot um, different. Uh, from a result perspective, not saying that Melbourne would have won, but potentially the scoreline would have been a lot closer. And then all of a sudden, who knows what what other moments happened throughout the game in the contest? But um, yeah, it was it was a disappointing showing, and summed up by Craig Bellamy in the in the press conference.
2: Would you would you make of the performance, Craig? Disapp- uh, a bit, bit inconsistent, like we have been all year, really. Um... Oh, the first half there, you know, we had a lot of good field position, but I don't know. It just looked like we didn't sort of know each other. You know, <laughs> I think the communi- communication must have been right off. You know, um, and then again, we had some good good periods with our defence as well, but um, yeah, like I say, we, and then we had some poor periods with it. So, like I say, it's just we, we don't seem to be learning from. Where we're going wrong, and you know being more consistent and doing the things we need to do for longer periods in the game. You know, so and we you know we ran into a really good side tonight. You know, they've been in really good form, so so you know, they, they were too good for us tonight. The big guns aimed up to Latrell, Cody, outstanding. Yeah, no, they've been they've been you know, good the last month or so. You know, um, and uh, you know yeah, like I say, they were they were really good tonight. How go back and yeah, well, we'll certainly have a look at tonight's game. We need to work out, I suppose, why things happened tonight like they did. And uh, hopefully we can improve on a few things. Yeah, as I said, you know, there were some good parts as well. We just need to take more of the bad parts out and... More good parts in. So um yeah, again I we're playing you know the loser of the competition in five days time, so we haven't got much time to get get ready for it. So um yeah we'll just have a look at this game tonight and then then go from there. Um um she was I forgot what I was gonna ask you then. Uh the yeah, finish. Give I? me a second to remember it.
1: Possession and completion rates
3: were there as you said, but like what didn't work
2: in a to crack the line. Yeah, well, I think in the first half, you know, we had we we concluded well and we had plenty of footy, you know, but it just looked like, you know, we were parked down there a bit, but we did like we were, you know, thirteen guys that didn't know each other thrown in together and, you know, there just didn't seem to be any communication or any rhythm at all, you know, and and then the second half I think we made four areas in a row coming out of our own half. So, you know, that put paid to any sort of comeback we were looking to mount, you know, we were only down 12-6 but I think it was four errors in a row, you know, that we made coming out of our own end in the first 10 12 minutes, you know, so that's, you can't do that against any team The the do to see us, you know, so you know, we we paid a price for that
1: Paid a price indeed and um, again it was a result that that would like to have over again um, It's so crucial in the modern game with the quicker ruck to to get a nice hard fast start, and unfortunately they, they just didn't get off get out of the blocks quick enough. Uh, and again, the Rapidos were just too dominant in the middle third, which really really set up um, which really set up the game for them. So um, full credit to to South Sydney; they were deserved winners. Um, the Storm now have a very short turnaround. Uh, to get ready for their next clash, which will be happening this Thursday night against the Broncos. All right, so Teamless Tuesday. Uh, Melbourne Storm has kept a settled lineup for the Thursday night football meeting with the ladder leading Brisbane Broncos at Amy Park. The starting third team remains unchanged following the Magic Ground loss to South Sydney at the weekend, with the four-man interchange branch also intact. The additions on the extended reserves list are Tyron Wishart, Tarek Sims, who I'm reliably informed played very well uh, on the weekend in uh, in the Host Plus Cup to get some minutes uh, into his body and into his legs, uh, Tepai Moroa and Jad Nikarima, who have all played for the Host Plus Cup clubs at the weekend, and Fijian front row Tui Kamakamitha, who was also available after serving his two-match suspension for the idiocy at Brookvale Oval that night against Manly. Uh, In a short turnaround between matches, the Storm will have its captain's run training session tomorrow before the 22-man squad is reduced to 19 tomorrow evening. The Broncos come into the clash uh, with eight wins in their first ten matches, while the Storm sit in sixth place with a five-four win-loss record. So, if we have a quick look at the Storm's lineup, you've got Nick Meaney at fullback, Will Warbrick um, uh, on the wing with Xavier Coates, Remus Smith, and Justin Ollam um, is there in the centres. Uh, you've also Got Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes are the halves pairing. Nelson uh, which will, this will be his his third game back, um, which will be fantastic. Um, so he'll be better for the run as well, which is going to be a good thing. And he'll also join Christian Welsh, who I thought was probably had a, a quiet game um, against against the. Um, Rabideau's the other night again he got he, he was one of the forwards that really didn't get any sort of advantage he was manhandled um, quite aggressively by the Broncos pack which was unfortunate um, but yeah it, 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 was, it, it was it was a, it was a game that the middle forwards would like to have over again Trent Liero and Elisi Katoa um, are also uh, back in the second row I know Liero has come under a lot of uh, criticism um, by a lot of Storm fans uh, in recent weeks. Again, you got to remember that this is an entire new back row where the Melbourne Storm, for such a long period of time, over a five- or six-year period, had stability in their back row. They had stability in their lock uh, in Finucane um, or Brandon Smith. They had um, uh, Kenny Bromwich and Felice Cafusi, which virtually had a mortgage. Um, on, on this uh, on this back row. So it, it, it's it, it's a transitional period, is what I'm trying to allude to. Um, and it's gonna take time. And I think everyone's just got to be patient. They're gonna have they're gonna have good weeks. They're gonna have bad weeks. Um, and it's one of those things where you can't expect immediate success overnight, especially with new players coming into. Into the into the list, into the squad, into the team. Uh, yes, I understand Trent arrow has been in the system um, for a while, but becoming an eighty minute player as a, as opposed to uh, a bench player is it, it's it's no mean feat. So, it, it again we we need to we need to just chill um, and, and realize that this is a transitional period, and again when. When the storm has ascendancy through the middle third, um, it's it's much easier to sort of judge uh, a player as opposed to coming and playing off the back foot. So I think again, if everyone can sort of just cool their heels a little bit and and, and wait till wait till things happen um, in terms of getting some again ascendancy in and around the ruck, I think things are going to be a lot better in that regard as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a situation where fans have have got to exercise some patience and I, I hope they do because Catola is a talent. Um, Liero has a big future. I, I actually do think he'll he'll potentially be a, a future origin player at some point for Queensland, which will be good. Um and again, Josh King, we know what he can do. I mean, he picks himself every week. Um, they don't call him the bin chicken for nothing. And again, it's just it's one of those things. I know, I know everyone wants to win every week, and that would be lovely. But it's again, it's it's just not conducive um, all the time. So it's again, let's let's just let's cool our heels. Let's. Let's understand that we need to exercise some patience in this regard. The interchange bench looks like this. Bronson Garlic has retained his retained his position again. Uh, Aaron Penne um, is also there. He'll be better for, again, another game under his belt. Tom Eisenhooth, who this poor bloke, always just coughs it, doesn't he? Always getting his head in the wrong spot and coming off. Claret coming out, bandaged up. Um, looks like Cardigan Bay, an old racehorse. Um, and then you've got Grant Anderson in the number 17, which I think is a Bellamy smokescreen, uh, especially when you look at the extended reserves list when you've got Tyron Wishart, Tarek Sims, Tepai Morua is also there, Um, Tui Kamekamitha and Jade Nikarima. My uh, gut tells me that Tui Kamekamitha will take over for Grant Anderson, uh, which will see uh, Aaron Penne, and Tui Kamikamita, with Nelson Osafel Solomon and Christian Welsh, uh, have a f- four-forward rotation in that regard. Um, which, again, the Storm. This will be the first time the Storm have actually um, they've actually gone out and had a four-forward, four-big-forward rotation, which will be fantastic. That'll really help the the ascendancy in the in the middle in the middle third, which. Which is a good thing, um, and yeah, it's it's one of those things where the storm really needs to sort of counteract that with um, the the forward pack of the Broncos. Um, I don't think. I don't think it. It's it's. Um, It's no, it's no surprise to see the, the, a lot of the success um, has come off the middle forwards of Payne Hass and Patrick Carrigan, who are probably in career best form. Um, and that's been sort of complemented by Corey Jensen, who's a bit of a, an unsung hero. Uh, Martin Tapau, who's got a new lease of life, which is fantastic. Um and then even Tom Fleglow, who's an origin player. So their pack is really, really standing up. Jordan Rickey uh, is in Kurt Capel. Um, a solid edge back roles as well, but Ricky's probably having his best season, most consistent season to date. Then you've got Billy Walters does a job, sort of takes a lot of the the fire and brimstone in that first 20, 25 minutes. Um, and then Corey Pakes comes on who's got a really, really good sleight of hand at, at dummy half of the Broncos. Uh, so their their team list looks very, very interesting. You've got Reese Walsh at fullback, uh, who again is... I'll speak a little bit more about him in a minute. Uh, Jesse Arthurs, who was a former Melbourne Storm under-20s player. Um, he's having a really, really good season. Um, he was on loan to the Warriors last year and was a very consistent player for them. Um and he's every opportunity that he's been given to the Broncos thus far, um he's really sort of grabbed it with both hands and ran with it and he he's been a really really stable, um consistent player on on the wing uh, for the Broncos, Katoni Stags and Herbie Farmworth now, Farmworth is having an almighty season, uh, a real real threat. Uh, for the Broncos on that left edge, Selwyn Cobo, Well, the sky's the limit for this kid. Um, just so talented, so quick, so deceptive, and 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 just strong. He's a, he's a, he's such a strong ball carrier. Um, um, good in the air. He's got an error in him, but it's he doesn't carry his divots. He just sort of gets on with it and. And you know, for every error uh, he makes, he'll 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 make up for it tenfold in uh, line breaks, tries, tries scored, etc. So uh, their back their backs their back five are, are really really strong. Um, their halves, well, you've got the old head of Adam Reynolds, who's just a, a director, uh, and you've got Ezra Mam, uh who is again just a, 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 a fleety flighty. Ball running half at the moment, who's just complementing the the Broncos so well. Uh, the tandem Mac with Reese Walsh at fullback uh, makes makes them a real threat uh, on both sides of the ruck. And yeah, it's <coughs> it's um they they're gonna be they're gonna be a handful. They're gonna be a big handful. Um, and in my opinion. History doesn't really mean much at this point in time, when you've got you've got a team at the moment who's at the top of the, the ladder for for a reason. Pardon me, um, and and rightly so, uh, and a part of that is because they've got a really really good balance right across the field. And you look at their forward pack, their forward pack's getting the job done. Um, and their backs are basically the beneficiaries of, of that go forward that's rolling downfield with these. And then you've got the kicking game um, of Adam Reynolds as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a really, really well-balanced side. Um, a really good mix of youth and experience. Um, which is great, and yeah, it's is it a surprise that they're leading the comp? No, not not by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I know a lot of people have said that, oh, you know, they've they've been hit on the bum with a rainbow because they don't really leave, they don't leave Queensland at all. Uh, I think they, I think there's a stat saying they actually leave Queensland seven times over the twenty seven rounds. Um, and one of those round, uh, one of the games was in North Queensland, uh, sorry, uh, the Northern Territory. So they didn't have to travel too far for that either. So I mean, the draw is what it is. At the end of the day, you've got to be good enough to play wherever. If you've got the luxury of playing at home, good luck to you. But by saying that as well, is you've you've really, really got to have the attitude of and this is from a Melbourne Storm perspective more so, is that um, anyone, anytime, anywhere, that's got to be the approach. So regardless whether it's at Amy Park, regardless whether it's at Suncorp, regardless whether it's on the moon, you've got to turn up to play. You've got to pack your attitude. You've got to bring your energy, and you've got to bring your focus, and that's got to be the approach this week. So whilst the Storm have a, a remarkable record over the Broncos, it Accounts for little if you don't turn up with the right mindset, ready to go, and that's that's what that's what the storm really have to have to pack this week. So just because the Broncos haven't beaten the Storm since 2016, that that's not gonna that's not gonna ensure them victory by any stretch of the imagination. So the Storm really really have to turn up um, with the right attitude, and they have to start well, and the forward pack really needs to be aggressive. They need to be aggressive right through that middle third because you can bet your bottom dollar Payne has Patrick Kerrigan, Thomas Flegler, Martin Power, Kobe Hedrington, Corey Jensen. They're just going to be coming off the back fence all game. So they're going to see this as a challenge coming to Amy Park to try and upset the Storm where they don't have a very happy hunting ground. Um, so, I mean, if the Storm turn up thinking that the home ground is just going to get the job done. Think again, boys, because it's, it's not going to be the case at all. But, again, it's, it's one of those things where after after the disappointment of of the game against the Rabbitohs, the Storm, specifically their forwards, are going to be keen to a, to atone and, and, and want to turn around the result. So let's hope that is the case um, because it's very, very rarely, and, again, we can't go on... We can't go on past past achievements and accolades, but it's very rarely that the storm lose two in a row. Uh, if they do, it's almost like panic stations and crisis and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I again, it's 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 going to be a great game. If anything, it's probably going to. And, and we're used to we're used to hearing people talk about, oh, you go to Amy Park, it's it'll show you where you're at. Well, coming up against the Broncos, it's going to show where the Storm are at. So the shoe's on the other foot. So that's the challenge that Melbourne Storm have this week. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond. update. So the latest update on Melbourne Storm's injury list. So young uh, young back rower slash centre, Jack Howarth, um, he sustained a shoulder injury two weeks ago playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons. So the injury is a dislocation, um, which he did in round seven of the Host Plus Cup. The good news, however, is he won't require surgery. So it looks like the dislocation was a subluxion that went straight back in, um, and the damage is very minimal, which is a, which is a good sign. However, he will be out of action for around a month, which is unfortunate for Jack because again the Storm have invested heavily in him. Um, we know that he's he signed a five year deal last year, and he's uh, it's rumoured to be about half a million dollars a year. So They've they've put a lot of money into him, uh, and unfortunately, just because of injuries, um, they're not sort of getting that return on investment from young Howarth at the moment. So fingers crossed he can he can rehab himself and, and get back on the park, and, and hopefully at some point or another, um, be able to debut for the Storm. I really thought that potentially Origin might have provided. An opportunity in and around that period where the storm start to lose some players um, to representative football, but uh, by the looks of it, it looks like Jack will, will have to wait and and again just continue to bide his time. So, which isn't such a bad thing. I think people have also got to realise that Howarth is very young still. Uh, he's still he's still growing physically. Uh, he's still learning. Um, Defense And what I mean defence, yes, he can tackle, but I mean defensive systems. So he played a lot of edge um, back row uh, playing rugby, uh, and the Storm always saw him as a centre, but due to the nature and just how big he is, I think over time that he will definitely transition into the second row. That's where he has been playing for the Falcons, but I predict that's more along the lines of him playing second row, to get to get hardened defensively, and, and understand, um, and be able to see and shut down opposition shape that comes his way. So especially playing against men. So yeah, Godspeed on that recovery for for Jack Howarth and his uh, return from a shoulder dislocation. George Jennings, uh, again, still struggling with a bit of a hamstring injury. The winger is a chance of returning to play via the Brisbane Tigers, uh, Brisbane East Tigers this weekend after being absent since Round 5 of the Host Plus Cup. Uh, Alec McDonald, now, after missing the Anzac Day match against the Warriors and the Magic Round clash with the Rabbitohs, the forward will be a chance to return to play this week. So that's a good thing. Um... Jonah Pezzett, collarbone, so a six-week stint on the sideline for young Jonah uh, is ahead for for him who where he suffered a fractured collarbone playing for Brisbane East Tigers against the Townsville Blackhawks last Sunday. So, oof, that's that's a tough break, pardon the pun, uh, for young Jonah. Uh, so fingers crossed that six weeks goes by very quickly for the young halfback. Ryan Pappenhausen, as we know, um, the knee is still a to-be-confirmed as he continues his rehab. We know he's running. uh, We know he's doing all the strength work um, and rehabbing that knee. So, again, it's really about that muscle in and around the knee cap as opposed to the structural strength of the knee. The knee and the knee cap is fine. That's... It's never been stronger. It's it's the muscles around it that uh, that are continuing to lag behind. So again, it's it's a, it's a to be confirmed. Watch this space, sort of scenario at the moment. Um, I know Danny Widler was on 100 percent footy uh, on Monday night and asked the question, and he said that Storm insiders had told him that July. So we're potentially. Six or eight weeks away from seeing PAPs potentially return, um, but who knows? That could have been a conservative figure, so it might be qu- it might be sooner than that. It might even be longer than that. Who knows? It's again, it's a it's a it's a day to day, week to week proposition at this stage. And um, again, I, I've used the term exercising patience um, with the with the storm back row. Um, it's more about exercising patience with Pappy's recovery as well. So we, we all want him back in the number one jersey as soon as possible, but it's, it's one of those things you can't rush these things. So we'll just uh, continue to monitor that situation as the weeks go on. Dean Oramea, as we know, um, is out for the 2023 season after rupturing his ACL in the trials. So unfortunately... Uh, we've got a few on the injured list, so we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six players unavailable um, going into this round. So, fingers crossed, all of them can get on back on the park ASAP. <laughs> now, um... Cameron Smith was on SCN's uh, Patton Heels program during the week and what Bellamy told Smith after the Storm's dis- disjointed defeat to South Sydney, so Cameron Smith admits the Melbourne Storm looked look disjointed in Saturday night's 28-12 to 12 loss to the South Sydney Rabbitohs in Magic Round. The Storm, who were first up after the bye, lost for the fourth time this campaign, which saw them drop to sixth on the NRL ladder after 10 rounds. Smith spoke um, to SCN's Patton Hills, and here's what the Storm legend had to say.
2: Where are you you placing the Melbourne Storm at the moment, Smithy? Well,
3: they they were were far from their best on the weekend. Um, We'll start there. And, you know, they just, they looked, disjointed at times. I think um, I, I ran into Craig Bellamy after the game and and I just had a quick sort of chat to him about the match and, and the way the boys played and his comment was that they at times they looked like they didn 't even know each other, <laughs> um, which is a fair assessment yeah he breaks it down quite simply but um, particularly with with the football um, if, if you look at the, the twelve points they scored. One of them was the first half, just just on the stroke of half time. Um, it was off a kick. Cody Walker actually had the ball in his hands, um, so he actually lost the ball, and the Storm jumped on the ball under the sticks. There's four points converted six. Then, the, then the only other try that they were, that they managed to score was from a, a Bronson Garlic sort of barge over from dummy half, where you could probably say Latrell Mitchell. Defended that play quite poorly He wasn't in great position on the try line He left a lot of room there for Bronson just to dive over So there wasn't a whole lot of things that that went right for the Melbourne Storm in attack And sorry, not saying it not much went right They didn't really create too many opportunities for themselves So that, I think that's the biggest concern for Melbourne Is that you know when you look at the individuals playing in that footy side Like Cam Munster, Jerome Hughes Harry Grant, you know, that's, you'd like to think that they could create some opportunities for yeah. that footy team, but they just, they, they were unable to do that. So they're, I guess they're in a position at the moment, fellas, that, you know, uh, speaking with a couple of them after the game, they're a little bit sort of um, confused as to, as to what needs to be done. They just need to get back to Melbourne, work hard, find out. What what their best football looks like. Come up with a very basic game plan yes. and just stick to, stick to that. Just stick to that. It's, it's worked for many many years in our game, and you know positive things will happen. It's a big test this week though. They take on the Bronx league leaders, and and they're playing really good football. At home, though, let's have a look at your tips, Cam, for round 11. Storm and Broncos on Thursday night. As mm. you know better than most, the Storm have a good record, though, against Brisbane. Yeah, they do. They do. But this is a very different prospect this year. The Broncos, as I mentioned, you know, they're on top and, and playing really good footy. Payne, Haas, and Ezra, man, we've seen the difference that they make with those two guys back in the footy side. Look, if, if I'm going to tip Melbourne, being at home, but if they don't turn up with the right mindset, they don't play aggressively through the middle, um, they will get beaten. There's a, I'm not going to sort of sugarcoat it. They will get beaten. I'm going to tip. I'm going to tip Storm though in a tight one.
1: Sorry about that. A bit of technical issues. Um, yes, yeah, so that was Cameron Smith um, talking about the Storm's disjointed attack uh, and it's it's clear and evident everyone can see it. Um, do we blame the buy? Well, no, not really. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where they just look off. They really, really look off. They look like strangers uh, two passing ships in the night almost so yeah it's um it's it is a little concerning, but the good thing is is that it is only round ten going into round eleven. If they were playing like this and it was round twenty three round twenty four that's when you start to that's when you start to really hit the panic button so there is still time uh, and again the efforts there, the performance. Um, isn't reflecting the effort because of obviously the, the attack is, is a uh, is a little problematic, but um, usually usually the best way to see where the effort is is, is the defensive application, um, and a- apart from the apart from the bulldogs and, and the titans games, um, this season the storm's defensive effort has been noticeable ev- in every game. Thus far, so you know, two two. You take away two games, nine nine of the eleven games. The Storm's effort defensively has been there, um, especially in patches. The game against the Rabbitohs in round five, um, the Roosters in round six. That that's when that's when they're at their best. So they've they've shown it that they they can get into it. They can get into the grind. Uh, they can scramble well. They can d up. They can defend very, very well in the middle part of the field. They can defend well in their own red zone, off their own goal line. So it's not like it can't be done. It's it's there. The proof's in the pudding. Um, Cameron Munster was uh, was interviewed after the game by renowned rugby league journalist uh, Joe Joel Gould uh, and said sage advice from club legends Billy Slater and Cameron Smith. In a leadership group meeting, has Melbourne ready to fire against the competition leaders Um, Brisbane on Thursday night. The Storm 5-8 was filthy after the 28-12 loss to the South Sydney Rabbitohs following a poor display by the team. An hour after full time, Munster was in a huddle in a lengthy discussion in the dressing room with Smith Slater and the team leaders dissecting what went wrong and how to fix it ahead of the home showdown with the Broncos on Thursday night. Cameron and Slats, they are the masters, Munster told Gould. We spoke in the leadership meeting about how we, we're not far away from getting it right. We've got a bit of closure and a lot of confidence out of that chat. The boys were down about the way we played, but a good, a good performance is not far away. They spoke to us about simplifying things and having more communication between our spine. When it comes to spinal surgery, there is none better than Smith and Slater ad- identifying issues after winning multiple titles in their hooker and fullback roles, respectively, the Queensland Maroons coach Slater works with the Storm on a part time basis, and former skipper Cameron Smith, who lives in Queensland now, is only too happy to assist when available. Munster said the dynamic duo reinforced that his combination with halfback Jerome Hughes and hooker Harry Grant must improve. We all, we all agree that there is a bit of disconnect between me, Harry and Husey at the moment and it shows when we are close to the line, he said, so in good ball area. Uh, everyone is not sure what we are doing. We are probably trying to score off every play and we've just got to be patient down there. I think patience seems to be the, the theme of this podcast. We've probably seen, we've probably been sugarcoating it and tiptoeing around it and letting some stuff slide by. It gives us so much confidence when Smithy and Slats are around us. The Broncos haven't beaten the Storm since 2016, but Munster reads nothing into that, which, again, I alluded to. Uh, They are playing with a lot of confidence, and we are not playing with a lot, he said. We need to get back to playing confident, hard, tough footy and get into the dogfight with them. Their middles are going forward. Adam Reynolds is kicking well. Ezra Mam is playing class footy. And you've got fullback Reese Walsh, who is lightning out the back of shape. Now, I spoke earlier about coming back and talking to Reese Walsh. Now, I don't think there's a better player in the competition who can get on the outside of their man. So if you have been watching Broncos games very, very closely, their shape, when they hit both edges, because he's a fullback, he swings both sides of of the field, of the ruck, his ability to get on the outside man creates so much indecision for the two-man and the winger and obviously the third man because he's the one who, who, where Walsh is coming around and getting on the outside of him, which again causes havoc and indecision for the centre, um, which is the two-man in defence, um, and then causing the winger to make a rash decision about whether to stay or come in and jam in, etc. No one does it better. I haven't seen a player like do that for the Broncos probably since Steve Renoff where Kevin Walters, who's now the coach, used to throw those magic out balls and get on the outside man, and he would just burn them. And Walsh is, is doing that. Walsh is that type of player where he's got great speed, great acceleration that even when he's changing angle, he doesn't lose pace. If anything, he gets quicker. And that that's just pure athleticism, it's its its tremendous to watch and it would be such a headache and such a problem to stop. So the Storm are really, really going to have their, their work cut out for him. He's an enigma. He's been talked about um, about potentially being deputising for Queensland at the expense of Caelan Ponga uh, at fullback for the Maroons this year. He's making a, a compelling case that he should and deserves to be in the Origin team. Um, if not starting a fullback somewhere in the seventeen, I'm not sure which way Billy's going to lean. That's up to Billy Slater, but again, he he's a tremendous player and he's he's added another dimension to the Broncos in attack. Uh, and again, th- they are so dangerous with him on the, the back of their shape. So yeah, the Storm are going to have their work cut out. I'm sure that he's been put up on the hoist, put on the chopping block this week in their team meeting in their video their video review session about how they're going to try and stop and limit um, his impact and influence in a game. And if there's one thing about the Storm, we know that when it comes to shutting down strike players, they've got a, a very good reputation of being able to do that. Um, uh, although the other night, Latrell Mitchell was just unstoppable, wasn't he? Uh, but um, in previous previous occasions, you go back to round five, they they nullified Mitchell's... Uh, influence and impact in the game, they've done it time and time again with Turbo over the years. So I dare say Ezra Mann will be number one on the tip sheet in ensuring that they can try and limit the opportunities that he has trying to get around his uh, his three man and two man uh, on when the Broncos are shifting uh, their play. So yeah. Um, Munster went on to say that you've got to somehow stop that, but if we play anything like we did against South, it will be a similar scoreline. The Stormer on 12 competition points and just four points behind the Broncos, but Munster issued a warning. We have to be smarter. Individuals are trying to do things by themselves, but if we can gel as a team and connect, then it's going to be a good year. If we don't do that, it's going to be early doors and early curtains. And I think... Jerome Hughes summed that up well when he spoke to the media
4: this week. Golf. The coach has been talking about consistency as a football team, still searching for that this year. Yeah, a little bit, mate. Um, you know, personally, uh, myself as well, just trying to get consistent footy in my, my own game. But, um, you know, I think as a team, we need to be consistent as well. But that's, that starts with the individual. And uh, like I said, myself, I need to start playing some consistent footy, playing how I want to play. And, um, you know, that'll definitely help out the team's consistency. So, uh, yeah, it's a big talking point of us at the moment. Um, you know, one week. We can be really good, uh, really good team and play really well. And then the next next game, we're not so well. So we just need to find that balance and um, you know start playing some consistent footy. So that's been something that's been brought up a lot in the last 24, 48 hours or before that. Um... Probably the last since um, our game against the Rabbitohs um, a couple nights ago, but uh, it's sort of through the whole year as well. And uh, just having a new group and you know a few new players and a bit of a turnover with the players, it's gonna it was gonna it's always gonna take a while. But um, you know we need to start finding A um, asap. We can't keep being inconsistent, especially um, in the back end of the year, which is pretty much uh, upon us, and then finals as well. So uh, you know we need to work hard on our consistency, and once we get that. I I think it will be fun. One guy who seems to be having a really consistent good season is Nick Meaney at the back. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yeah, mate. He's been playing really well. Um, he's been really good for us and um, it's pretty special um, you know he didn't know where he probably play this year um, you know last year he was you know put in a few different positions but um, you know perhaps he's been out unfortunately he's been out for a for a while and not sure when he's going to return so it's it's um, you know good to see means has taken um, you know the opportunity with two hands playing that fullback role and knowing he's going to play that he's worked on his craft everywhere um, to be the best uh, in that position so um, good on means and, you know, I'm really happy he's playing well. It's only three days now until we play Brisbane, so we've got a big day of training today. Is that going to be enough to get ready? Ah, uh, yeah, mate. We, um, you know, we know what it's going to take to, um, you know, put in a good performance against the Bronx. They're playing, you know, outstanding footy. They're on top of the ladder for for a reason, um, and that's because, you know, the I guess the best com- uh, best team in the combat at the moment. So, um, you know, there's a few things we needed, to, uh, um, you know, work on from last week, but it's only a few... Little tweaks that we can, um, you know, feel like we can do today, and um, you know, captain's run. So uh, we'll be ready to go, mate.
1: That was Jerome Hughes there, doubling down on what uh, on what Monster said. So it's going to be interesting to see how the boys do respond. <laughs> Some further news, again, Craig Bellamy update. Will he or won't he? So another week, uh, another another drawn-out headline of will he coach again uh, in 2024 uh, or will he hang up the clipboard? Now, sources close to Bellamy say that um, his decision is imminent, that a decision could be coming this week. Don't hold your breath, Storm fans. Um, again, his he's major focus this week would just be on preparation, getting the Broncos ready, uh, getting the Storm ready for the Broncos, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Frank Panisi spoke to SEN Sports Day uh, and was asked by uh, Jared Healy um, about... Bellamy's future, if there was any update, because there was headlines coming out of the Sydney press, here's what uh, the general manager of football for the Melbourne Storm had to say.
4: Uh, I guess I'll have to ask the question on his behalf, <laughs> because uh, it did appear as if it uh, Magic Round uh, was very much a Craig Bellamy discussion round, uh, be it purpose, on purpose or just by accident.
0: Oh, I think you're relating to the post-game discussion there. Yeah, in the dressing room, No, look. It was just obviously, I think, a lot of media made more important of that than it really was, uh, Jared. I think. Uh you know, we were disappointed with the game. we were waiting for the players to come back inside. It was just a debrief while the coaches um, and Billy Slater, who was working for the broadcasters. He came down and he's part of the coaching team, but been a consultant. So yep. we just looked at where the game went wrong and um, and what we should have done and what we need. More importantly, what we need to be better uh, starting this week because we've got a massive game Thursday night against the Broncos.
4: And we're looking forward to that particular one. But it doesn't. It appears that at any moment uh, somebody in Sydney is going to uh, try. And- create a Craig Bellamy future discussion. Yeah, it does.
0: And look, and I think all along it, there's been absolutely, in, internally, that has not affected the team or yep. Craig or the coaching staff, uh, you, know, you know, whether we're used to it or not, or whether it's just total respect for Craig, the man himself. Um, you know, we know a decision... You know, we we're all hoping that he stays, but if he doesn't, well, obviously, yep. you, know, we, you know, we understand. But uh, I think imminent is very much the word, and hopefully if, uh, after this week we'll know exactly whether Craig's staying or not.
1: Imminence is the word. Yes, well, we we hope it is. Uh, I know a lot of fans and a lot of members uh, just want to be put out of the middle.